Welcome back or welcome to the Educated Food Podcast. I am one half of the Educated Foods, and today I'm going to go by Dr. J. <laughs> and I'm Jerome. Welcome back to another week, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to another week and another episode of the podcast. We want to thank you all again for your listens. Please like us, rate us, review us, share us out to all of your circles as we continue to try to grow this educated food empire. Right. Uh, this week, we talk in, I guess, mm. Mm. company etiquette or host etiquette, I guess. Yeah. Like, like hosting etiquette. I, I like yeah, that. Host, we'll talk about some hosting etiquette a little bit. Um, and then I have asked the fool that um, will spark some conversation around here. Oh, crap. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we get into that, let's let's do our check-in. How are you doing this week? Hey, man. Uh, I'm doing great. And I have to apologize to our listeners because our clip from last week, everybody was like, Jerome. Words, words, they mean things. Catch your words. And last week, I have to admit, everybody, I was out of it because, as I mentioned to you all before, uh, I started this new job and I've been there for two months now. And I have never done so much thinking in my life. I am used to being one of the smartest people in the room. I am just a a, a, a very small fish in a very large pond now. <laughs> My colleagues are smart, and they show it every day. As I mentioned to you all before, like, I've been in meetings, like, with my Lord, the thesaurus on my phone, like, what are they talking about? <laughs> How can I contextualize this? But I love it, though, <laughs> because it keeps me on my toes, and uh, they're a great group of folks. Uh, shout out to them. I'm not going to say who it is or where they are, but shout out to them. Y'all are smart. I- I'm smart, too, but my smart... Is, is a little waning sometimes compared to y'all's. So, yeah. Uh, but overall, I've been thinking so much that outside of work, I haven't been able to think much <laughs> or think succinctly or clearly. <laughs> and some people sh- uh, told me last week, like, yo, you were struggling. So, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try to make up for it today. How about you, brother? How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. This is uh, week one on the new job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Come on, Dean, so, Jay. You know, trying to, you know, get acclimated to, to a new campus. Yeah. Um, but, it's it, you know, it's an awkward time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you come in during summer. Um, and for those who aren't in higher ed, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much all the faculty are, like, gone. Right. right? Like, they're, so it's, you know, a service staff. Deuce, deuce. It's summer school, so it's not as busy as it usually is. Um, so trying to get acclimated on the campus and meet people when people aren't here and try to get things done. Um, you know, it's just one of those transition things when you come into the summer. I'm not complaining about it because I wanted to start slow. So mm-hmm. I don't need to start slow and like learn learn what I can before I have to go in and try to sound intelligent. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. You know, <laughs> uh, to okay. all these people in these meetings and these big boardrooms. So, um, but that's, you know, that's kind of where I've been at. Yeah. Um, I'm living out of suitcase right now uh, because I'm staying at a coworker's house. Oh, okay. Because where I live is like four hours away, mm-hmm. so my my family is four hours away. Wow. Right so wow, I, I'm here during the week, and then I'm going home to be with my family. I only got to do that for one more week, hopefully. One more okay. Week we got to do this, and then we start 
you know, moving moving down more down south. Okay. So you don't want Carmen to body slam you, boy. <laughs> Carmen Carmen's very much like me. She don't really be missing stuff. Um <laughs> she don't be missing people. She just be in our own little world. So True. I don't I don't I don't get offended by it. I'm like, yo, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's me. You know, people have been asking me like, oh, you don't miss your kids? I'm like, yo, honestly, I've only haven't seen them in like in real life, like in person. We've seen FaceTime, but like in person mm-hmm. in like two and a half days. Okay. Like it was a three day weekend. I left Monday night. Mm-hmm. Like it was only Thursday. Like yeah. we're good. And I see them tomorrow. So there's no missing, you know. So, you know, some people, that's what I'm doing. Some people, uh, or, or, or should I say, um, well, I won't be gender specific. And also for those folks who are, uh, especially those folks with the HRC who are like, you can't be gender specific when men give birth to. So those birth giving people, um, and women will sometimes will argue that no, being away from your kids for an hour is too much. It's too much. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. I love my kids. Oh, for sure. People, but for sure. I just, I just never really been, there's only been, I, I could say one time in my life where I truly missed people. Mm-hmm. And I was grad school. I went to uh, Radford University for a year, mm-hmm. which is in Virginia. Uh, and that was the first time I was actually away from family. Right? Like I was away from my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought I could do it because in college, even though I was like an hour and a half away, I just never went home. So like, I was like, oh, I can move across country. I never go home anyway. That's when I realized there's a difference in like you actively choosing not to go home mm-hmm. versus, yo, you can't go home. <laughs> like You don't have yeah. money. You can't get there. Um, and that That's where I struggled. So that's where I actually started missing people. Also, it was my first time living in snow. Niggas were still at the beach during in like November. <laughs> it's like snowing where I'm no. at. I was upset. Yeah, I was upset. I, I, I feel you. So yikes. So and where's yeah, that man? That's what, that's what it was. What's where's that? Rafford? The only way I can explain where Rafford is is like I tell people, "Hey, Virginia Tech." Yeah, we're 15 minutes from Virginia Tech. <laughs> like that's that's literally. The only thing I got for you, because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Virginia Tech is in... Um, Absolutely. Uh, what is that? Uh, Blacksburg. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Blacksburg, Virginia. And um, yeah. I was just sharing with one of my friends who lives in North Carolina. I was like, I'm not going nowhere near those parts, because she was telling me about some wineries that are around that area, because they have some nice wineries on the Virginia side mm-hmm. and the North Carolina side. And I was like, no, nah, because it looked like people eat people over there, and I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I would I say people eat people, Mm-mm. but while I was there, they did like have National Confederate Month while I was there. Those are the people and who I eat people. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> clear connection. <laughs> like you know what? This ain't for me, dog. I got to go back to LA, right? Um, and I ended up going back to LA because they told me I had to go back. Like, yo, you can't. You can't come back here. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> um, so, that's right. Like, I was like, fine. I don't really care, honestly. I don't want y'all shit anyway. I'm going home. <laughs> like, like I, y'all did me a favor. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, yeah, I'm here. Okay. So, y'all might hear some background noises and stuff in this episode because I'm literally directly by a window. Mm. 
um, because it's hot. It's hot in this house, mm. and you know, no AC, so we buy the windows trying to get this Ooh. airflow in. So, gotcha. Y'all want hear? Y'all want hear some noises? Gotcha. Um, since I'm being hosted by a great host, mm-hmm. uh, uh, my <laughs> host makes sure that I have, I'm fully. I'm like, I get whatever I need. I can eat. I can drink. Um, there was something that popped off on Twitter. Was it this week or over the weekend? I really can't. Even so I think it was over the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to let you intro the story. Yeah, it was over the weekend. It was on the 29th. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go ahead and, and break down what we're about to discuss. Yeah. So over the weekend, this girl named Lavette on Twitter, she started tweeting. She's, uh, she's Gambian and she grew up in Sweden. And, you know, a, a lot of African families immigrate to Europe uh, to, you know, for various reasons, for financial reasons, for um, to escape certain things and, and, and things of that nature, or just because they just want to fucking move. Right. Um, so they go <laughs> to these places. And what happens is they uh, the children in the families, especially black children in families. And I say black as a universality. Right. Because. I don't care what you say. I always say black people are not a monolith. And it is true that we are not a monolith in thought. But we have some damn, pretty damn near monolithic experiences, right? <laughs> so as far as experiences are concerned, black people be having some of the same experiences. And we be like, yo, I don't care where this black person is on earth. We can relate to some shit. So this girl, she's, she's Gambian. So her family's from Gambia. And... Uh, and that's a country in Africa, okay, for those who don't know. And so in Gambia, much like in the American South with black families, in the North with black families, in the West of Africa, the East of Africa, the Horn, Madagascar, Africans in China, and all this other kind of stuff like that, we're very communal. And so we're, that also is uh, is extended to other people's kids as well. So, you know, we're communal with our family, but we're also communal with people outside of our family. So she's sharing this story um, about how she grew up in Sweden. And what she found interesting was that Swedish people, by her definition, are selfish as fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she said that every time she went over her friend house, who was Swedish, they would all, uh, and it would be time for dinner. Her mom, the Swedish mom, would call the friend down to eat, and she would always tell the girl, "Hey, no, you're not eating with us. You can stay in the room, and we'll allow you to play with the toys." Which I find very privileged and white. Um, but she's like, "I will allow you to play with the toys, but you can't eat with us, <laughs> little black child. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, play with them toys. Go home and eat. We ain't got time for that." And so black Twitter went the hell off and Swedish Twitter is in the comments fighting for their lives. (laughs) I mean, the comments from these Swedish people is like, well, that's just cultural. That's da, 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 da. And we're like, yeah. And your culture is kind of fucked, (laughs) especially with regard to telling the kid that they can't eat with their friends Either because you don't have enough or because you don't want to. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. You take it away, Jeff. I don't know what this is. <laughs> so for me, right? <laughs> Although her story is uniquely tied to her time in Sweden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's why Swedes are all in her comments really either defending like, no, my family, mm-hmm. family friends. Not my family. And there's other and there's other Swedes like, no, this is <laughs> this is my experience too. And once again, for her, she's black, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was there's Swedes in her comments who aren't black and have the same experience. Mm. So it lets you know it is a Swedes terrible cultural <laughs> failure of hosting yeah. other people's kids. Like yeah. that is mind blowing. But for me, I'm gonna take it another place. It took me back to eight years old. Mm-hmm. So when I was eight, mm-hmm. there was a there was a time time frame like two years. My mom moved us out of the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took a job uh, in Santa Barbara County, which in LA is a pretty affluent white county. Mm-hmm. So we moved up there with her. Mm-hmm. So I lived around you know some affluent white kids for a while, and I was you know one or two black kids. Around. But this happened to us. Okay, we would go to our friend's house and play. Right, play video games because that's how we had to do back in the golden ages, right? You actually have to sit down next to your friend and play video games. <laughs> um, so we play video games, mm-hmm. and when it was time for them to eat, she would call her son. He would go eat and leave us playing video games. We didn't get offered any food, any food. That's just not wasn't that was that's what it was. He kept, he comes he finished eating. He comes back, and we just act like nothing's happening. So, like, I'm eight. I don't understand, like, this concept, right? Like, it didn't register to me, like, yo, this is rude as fuck. Like, y'all just went out. You just went eight and left us here, right? Didn't offer anything. Didn't do any of that. Like, that's that was so... I went back to eight years old. Like, yo, that was kind of foul. Now, flip side, when we brought people over, my mom made it very clear. Either A, they have to leave before dinner. Because I ain't got enough to feed that ass. Or that they'll stay and eat. But we have to come to that establishment before they even come over. You gotta ask permission anyway. Like, yo, can such and such come over? My mom be like, how long they stay? Because I ain't got enough for them to stay for dinner. So mm-hmm. they're gonna have to leave before dinner. Right. Or thanks for letting me know, I'll make more right. so such and such can eat if they're gonna be here for dinner. Right? That is what I'm accustomed to. And at least in my household and being served in the black community, it's either before dinner is getting ready, the signs are saying you have to go because we're mm-hmm. going to you, or you're going to stay and get fed. Like that's you're gonna at least get offered, like, hey, are you hungry? Do you want to stay and eat dinner? Mm. Now we were raised to be like, you always say no and take your ass home. <laughs> that's how it was for us. So like nope. Don't be eating that lady food. Come on home. That wasn't our experience. To think you hungry. I don't want. Don't have them thinking I can't feed you. <laughs> like that's, that wasn't my experience. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that was me. Denise Briggs fed everybody kids on that block if they was in that house, and Denise Briggs expected everybody mama to feed her kids if I was it. Well, I was the her only kid at the time, and then when my little brother came when I was like seven. Uh, my brother was too young to be like eating at people's house, but I was old enough to eat at people's house. And she was like, uh-uh, I, I didn't have three of your kids and I only got one that <laughs> you can feed my child. Shit. They're like, oh, Miss Nisi, we don't know if we, you know, if he allergic to that. That motherfucker ain't allergic to shit. Feed him. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Save me some money. And 
the only time the only time I ever well no I saw my mother go off because of me about five times because I was a badass kid but one of those five times well twice twice was with the same woman but for different reasons so my best friend at the time Tukey Man his name was Tukey Man and his mother's name was Nikki and so Miss Nikki used to do that like I'd be at Tukey Man house and we'd be playing and it'd be time for Tukey to eat and his mom be like, oh, Jerome, you're going to have to go home. And I'm like, well, why well, can't eat? And Miss Nikki looked at me like, you little bastard. <laughs> Don't you ask me that. You little... <laughs> and so I'm seriously wondering, like, because I was inquisitive, too, and too fucking smart for my own good when I was little. I'm like, why well, can't eat? And so... <laughs> And so she was like, take your little ass home. So I, I went home and told my mother, I was like, Mom, Miss Nikki ain't like, she let Tukey Man eat, but she ain't, she ain't let me eat. My mother was like, don't you go over that bitch house no more. <laughs> <laughs> now keep in mind, Tukey Man mother and my mother have history because they used to do drugs together. Like, I, I'm totally transparent. Like, they, were, they, they used to run together. <laughs> And they had a falling out. <laughs> and that's why two of them and I were friends because our mamas like ran drugs together. So, <laughs> but she was like, how dare this bitch? Like, she know that, you know what I'm saying? Y'all always play with each other. Y'all like best friends or whatever have you. And whenever two come up here, I always feed him, but you can't feed my son. And so she was like, don't you go over to the house no more. And when she saw Miss Nikki the next time, she cussed her out so bad. Like, if y'all think my mouth is bad, I get it from my mama. Like, literally. Because Denise has no filter. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> See, I feel that is a different situation. Right? Because your mom has been feeding your, your boy. Right? Like, oh, yeah. I am feeding I'm feeding your kid. The least you can do is feed my kid as well. Right, it's that's not true. I'm just feeding your kid and then you're just going to keep sending my kid home. That's not how this works. If I'm feeding your kid, you're going to feed my kid. Yeah. Right? So, like, I think that's a completely reasonable response from your mom. Like, Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I used to think my mother was very unreasonable until I grew up and was like, no, my mother was actually pretty rational and reasonable. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. Like, I go through that, I'm like, now the way... You expressed that or went about it yeah. was wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but the basis of it, yeah. the foundation of it, made perfect sense. Like I understood why you thought that way, and, and act, but I don't understand why you acted the way you did. But I understood uh-huh. the reason behind it. Yeah, like for me, I would I would definitely take it way differently. Like say, that, I mean, kids don't play with each other anymore, which is sad. But you know. Carmen friends come over and we feed the we feed them and mm-hmm. I send Carmen to their friend house and she come home hungry. I'm like, what didn't they eat? Like I will be upset, right? Like I will be as a yeah. parent, I will be upset because now these parents aren't, aren't reciprocating the same thing. Right. But this goes back, like this goes even deeper. This is why, at least when I was growing up, I'll, I'll say for me, right? And if it's your experience, then you can jump on in. But this is for me why my mom vetted who I got to hang out with, who I was friends with. Really. Yeah, it's like, wow. you know, you want to go over certain, it's like, I don't know those people. Like, I don't know them. Like, you can't go over there because I don't know them, right? And I think for her was, it wasn't like I had to check your criminal history. And he was like, yo, y'all can just be crazy or y'all can just be mean and rude to my kid. Yeah. Like, I want to know who house you going over. Like, so, like, she vetted people. 
Oh wow! She vetted my friends. She vetted her friends. Like you can't hang over there because I don't know them yet, mm. right? Like I at least got to meet your meet their parents before you're gonna be over there all night. Because if they do something foul like this, I need to be able to know who I need to address and who I need to go check, right? Versus just walking up to some random stranger's house. So um, I think for me, wow. that's how my mom vetted and knew who I was hanging with, and their family was gonna treat me just like she treated their kids because she vetted them. Mm-hmm. You just ain't gonna be hanging out with just over anybody. That's crazy. Going over anybody house. That's crazy because yeah. if there was a neighborhood kids corps, I would have been a lieutenant, a five star lieutenant, because I was everywhere <laughs> and in everybody's house. Didn't care who was what, and my mama did not give a shit. She be like, "Look, don't bother me. As long as you ain't bothering me, I don't care." So, wow. Like it dep- Like it shifts, right? So when we were in suburbia, my mom felt we were safe, so I had a lot mm-hmm. of freedom to do things. When we moved back to L.A., like, when we moved back to the hood, it was like, yo, if they ain't on this block, <laughs> you ain't messing with them, right? True. Like, you ain't on, if they ain't on this block, right? So it could be a friend I met from school, and they live, you know, a few blocks away. Now I need to vet and make sure that they good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know them over there. Yeah. Right? And being in our echo location and where we were, you can be in a whole different hood, like literally, like from gang talk, right? You can be in a whole different hood. Like yeah. you need to make sure they got you and you safe over there. Yeah. I just can't have you just going over anybody else's house. So they became more protective in that regard, just because of where we were living and gotcha. who my family is and who my family's affiliated with. It's just like mm-hmm. you know, we need to make sure ain't nothing crazy gonna happen over there. And if something crazy do happen, they got you. True. Okay, that makes sense. So. That makes sense. That's how those things pop. Man. But, but it's, uh, it's crazy that so many, like, and I was reading through it, and mm-hmm. it wasn't just the sweetest experience either. Like, other people hopped in mm-hmm. about the experience, kind of like I did. Like, yo, I experienced that too with a white family. Mm-hmm. Um, I never experienced that truly with the black family, um, where they ate and came back. It was like, no, we're about to have dinner. You got to go <laughs> because I don't have enough to feed you. And, once again, I knew we were all broke, so I was like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Well, I don't know. I On the flip side of that, I don't know what that looks like. Scoop me some hamburger helper. It ain't <laughs> like it cost that much to make. Yeah. <laughs> all my friends was black and Latino. Like, I had one white friend, and my mother deaded that real quick after we were, of course, super, super neighborhood kids. We climbing up on a garage, on the top of somebody's garage, and I didn't see the a glass bottle fall behind me, right? Like when I got to the top of the garage, mm-hmm. a glass bottle fell over the roof and hit my friend Grant in his head. And he ran back and told like everybody on the block that I bust him in his head with a glass bottle. The police were out there. His mom was out there. They <laughs> called my mother. And of course, me being, you know, we, we're the same age, but of course I'm bigger than him in stature and height. And they're like, Gerard beat that little white boy up. Da, 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 da. And from that moment on, my mother was like, I don't want you hanging with white people. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She did. Now, I don't subscribe to that now, of course. Like, I have I have an abundance of white friends and colleagues and things of that nature. And, of course, right? But Denise did not want that to happen. And we lived across the street from that boy for another two years and I could not play with him and we did not speak to each other after that incident because my mother would not allow it. I mean, I get why she don't allow you to play with that kid, right? Mm-hmm. But she she were off a whole race. She, like, she rubbed off a whole race. 
<laughs> like, don't play with you can white never kids. interact with a white person again. What? Don't play with no more white kids. I was like, because... this is unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I have white friends in, in school. It's like right? 2% of the population at our school, but damn it. There's some of them. <laughs> uh, you wrote off the whole red. Like, nope. They trying to get you locked up. They trying to lock up my baby. <laughs> and they almost so, did. They almost Five-0 almost had so, me. <laughs> once again, I understand the rationale behind it. The response, mm, but I understand the rationale behind it. Mm. <laughs> what a mess. Oh, my goodness. Scar childhood. You just... <laughs> <laughs> Childhood for the scars. Like I said, the only people my mom write off because once again she vet. Like if their house was dirty, she'd be like, "You can't go over there." Ooh yeah. So yeah. their house dirty. I don't want yeah. you bringing them back to my house. Mm-hmm. Like you, like you can't. Hang. If you want to play with them, you play outside. My don't sisters are big on that with their kids. They don't like dirty yeah. houses and their kids being in dirty yeah. houses. My wife isn't. It's not the dirty house factor, which she she don't like dirty houses. She's a neat freak as well. Mm-hmm. But for my wife, it's pets. Like if you have a cat mm. or a dog that like sheds hair, oh yeah, it's like Ugh. no. Fair she has close friends who have pets, and she'll never like say anything because like she has built relationships with them, and she's fine. She'll go over there, whatnot. But like, it's just like it kills her when she knows people have pets. She's like, I don't know. They want to have a potluck, and they got cats. I don't know if I want to. So that's how my wife is. So we'll see as a girl's girl yeah. and they hang out with friends with a ton of animals. Will she will she be cool? Yeah. yeah, and I don't trust people cooking that have pets either. Like, uh-uh, I don't know. My mom, don't, like my mom and my wife, they're the same person. Mm-hmm. They're like, nah, don't worry. I'm not. I'm not gonna eat anything over here. They got this dog. That dog be running around. Hair be flying everywhere. Right. <laughs> people clean up. Like they said, nah, I don't mm-hmm. trust. Them. So it is what it is. Yo, um, but let's stop. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to mention one more thing before we get off this topic about because uh, I, I felt you transitioning. But before we go there, <laughs> I did want to give an honorable mention to this one comment that I saw in this thread that had me hollering. Well, two. Uh, one is one is like kind of yeah, but one is like super quick. So. This guy's giving a story, right? He was giving a story of the first time that he was invited to a Swedish birthday party. And he said, they asked me to pay uh, pay them for the food. And so I was like, I'm in shock, but okay. Because, you know, I don't know what's going to be eaten or whatever have you or what they're going to have. He was like, but I paid it anyway, thinking that maybe it's a big meal. I get there and they, all they had was nasty, soggy, smorgasbord. Okay, now keep in mind this sounds like something that Rose Nyland was saying. <laughs> Golden Girls, a hoogan flugan, okay? Um, and so everybody was like, a soggy what? And so people show pictures of what sn- s- s- smorgastrata is, okay? I ain't saying that too many times. It's soggy bread <laughs> and mayo, and it looked like it got shrimp on it and lime and dill and I don't know what the hell that is. I've never seen food that from from a culture that I would like be like yuck. Um, but this smorgasbordta is not for me. Is what I'll say. That ain't for me. <laughs> that ain't for me. And it got cucumbers in it and lunch meat. It it looks it looks a hot mess. It looks a hot mess. It looks like a a, a cornucopia of things that we should not be eating together. <laughs> and then 
Uh, one dude said, wait, Sweden? Ain't this the place that's selling us furniture that we got to put together on our own? <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> that had me oh rolling. God. Okay. That, that's they were like, yes. That, that's on, Ikea is that first Sweden, one, indeed. <laughs> that first one is about to make me tell our listeners a rule that something that frustrates me. And it's, a, it's, a, it's another etiquette rule uh-huh. that more people need to follow. Yo, don't invite me to your birthday dinner and expect for me to pay for your birthday dinner. Hello. Hello. Right? That's not how getting your dinner paid for on your birthday works. Hello. That's not how that works. If I invite you out on your birthday for dinner, I pay because I invited you out. Mm -hmm. Don't you throw no damn birthday party at a restaurant and look at the table expecting us to pay. Because one, y'all always pick the most expensive ass restaurant. I try to get the most expensive ass plate. Like, mm-hmm. like get a meal off me that way. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. So, stop that shit. Like it frustrates. Like we just decline when it's like, nope. Because unless we know you, we know you're not gonna try to make us pay your bill. Yeah. And it this ain't a cheap thing. I know how Twitter loves to be like, oh, oh yeah, cheap because they refuse to pay something that they shouldn't be paying for. I'm not paying for your dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm letting you know that now. Well, just grow up. Get a partner. Shit. <laughs> shit. You ain't married yet? Yo. You ain't got no partner that can buy them shit? Grow up. Yo. <laughs> like, it happened to me. Like, it happened to me like twice. I'm like, yo, this is stupid. Like, why are we paying for this? Right. They invited us. They planned this for them. No. They should be paying for me. It's station. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it. Yeah, you're right. I don't like it. So. Mm mm. Mm. That's happened this ask a fool um, that I've been trying to get to for like the last week. Oh yeah, let's and do it. The person, the person really wants to hear what we have to say. That really do. So, all right. I'm scared. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm scared that no, people like take our advice seriously. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, really? Like, you really want to hear? Because I was like. I was like, I can tell you right now. I was like, no, I want to hear you and Jarrell's advice oh, on this. So, and I told her I had to get it in because she's it's a little time crunch on it. So, okay. I, there is a female uh-huh. in, in a circle that somehow gets to me. It's like six degrees of separation. Right? Mm-hmm. So, she is currently pregnant. Okay. But this is the is she, she doesn't know if it's her ex-baby or her new man's baby. So her question and what she wants to know what she should do. Should she wait till the baby's born and then do a DNA to figure out who it is? Do she don't tell the ex and just tell the new boyfriend? Do she tell them both? And her concern is the new boyfriend, it's a new relationship. It's only like probably two months old at this point. Yeah. She got it in real quick. And the ex, she says the timing of when they they had breakup sex. So the timing of the breakup sex can also fit in this time. So first date, essentially, breakup sex. Hey. Love your body, love yourself. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's where she's at with it. She doesn't know what to do. 
she doesn't know should she tell the new boyfriend that she's pregnant and tell him that it's possibly the exes or should she just say I'm pregnant and we roll with it from there she don't know what to do so mm. they want us to give her some advice and like a male perspective on how we will feel now it's different because I will feel obviously different from you because you will find yourself in this situation sure <laughs> See, the way gay sex works, I never find myself in this situation. <laughs> I, I was like, but he won't. Fine. We'll, we can ask him, but yeah. it'll be a hypothetical. Now, now, I have experienced this with some of my friends who, uh, or one of my friends in particular, I'm not going to say some of my friends, but one of my friends caught an STD from someone and didn't know whether it was the ex or the new. Mm. Okay, that, that sounds real bad. And it's gay pride month. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I take, so for this situation, girl, I take option C. Take your ass to Maury. <laughs> Go to Maury. <laughs> we need Maury to, 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 to figure this shit out. I'm um, saying so no. Um, mm. 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 <laughs> Ooh. So... Regardless of whether we can reproduce or not, um, <laughs> well, I can. I just not the way that you all can. Um, <laughs> I really think you need to evaluate the situation and determine whether you believe this new person is mature enough to handle a conversation like this. And whether he is worth keeping around if he's not able to handle a situation like this. Because if he's not mature enough to receive a situation like this and be able to deal with it, like it's not your fault that you are unsure. Um, you didn't cheat on him and you didn't cheat on your ex. I mean, you just had overlapping time periods where conception was possible, but you're not exactly sure who. And, you know, for many women, they don't know that they're pregnant for the first, what, uh, month or two? And so um, I, I can see that happening, right? Like where you can have sex with your ex and then you can have sex with your current and then it's, it's an over, overlapping conception window. And yeah, it just happens. So you need to evaluate whether he's mature enough to have this conversation. And if he's not mature enough to have the conversation, then you need to evaluate something else, whether he's worth being in your life. Um, but then again, you got the baby that you don't know if it's his or not. So then you're going to have to have him in your life. So that's another factor in there. So, damn, this is complicated. I don't know. Girl, you need Jesus. Come <laughs> Say no plan. Okay, stop. Y'all know I'm uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. This is rough. It's it's a tough one, right? And there was one, like I said, I, I really wanted to get to it. Um, one, because they, for some reason, they want our advice. Um, but two, it is, right? It's So for me, what I'm going to say is, Honesty is always the best policy, even yeah. though the outcomes aren't always what we want them to be, right? Like, sometimes being honest can give your result an undesirable result, right? But 
for me, I think the last thing I would want as a man, um, as a heterosexual man, it's to go through this whole process with you. Like mm. the the pregnancy process is a really intimate process that really brings you closer to your partner. Mm. Like it brought me and my wife closer through this process. Mm-hmm. It's going with them to to their OB appointments, right? The, the ultrasound, like all those things. And those are all like milestone moments in your relationship. And then you get to the, you know, not then the baby's born, right? And the way DNA works and the way, the way things happen, right? You don't want that baby to come out and he, from this jump, he knows that's not his. Mm-hmm. But he comes out like, that ain't my baby. Right? Yeah. Or, you don't want to have to lie to him throughout that baby and his whole life if you're just like, we're just going to pretend like this is yours and we're going to move on and not even consider that it was my exes because I don't, this person don't want their ex in their life at all. Yeah. So, but for me, you have to tell that man because if he finds out later, and especially if he finds out why that baby was born and he's invested all this time, it's going to crush him. Like it's going to crush him. So you have to be like, hey, look, when I broke up with my ex, this happened. And then we met, and I didn't think it would happen as fast as it did, but it did. And because of the timing, I am unsure if it's yours or my ex's, right? Like, And just be honest with them and let Mm -hmm. the maturity factor of whatever he decides be that. Say he wants to stick around and see if it's his or not. And if it's not, yeah. then he'll deal with it then. But it's better for him to know what he's getting himself into and what he's signing up for on the front end versus the back end. Right. That's the best advice I can give. It's you have to be honest in this moment. And for me, I would literally tell both of them. Yeah. Because the ex will be pissed if he finds out nine, you've been carrying his child for nine months and then you got to miss out on some of those planning opportunities or things of that nature, right? Like you, you, ha- you have to do that. It's a sticky situation. It's one that I don't think anybody can ever predict or find, think they will ever find themselves in um, just because of that window that you have to do these things in, but it happened and you have to, you know, adult up and have those conversations no matter how tough or hard they may be and no matter what the outcome may be. Yeah. And I also, uh, I think that's great, Jeff. Like I, I, just to add to that too, um, on a more serious end, cause I was, I was goofing before, but on a more serious end too, um, I think for me, and I'm not going to give advice, but what I'll do is I will say what I would do. And if I were in this particular situation where I was pregnant and, um, it was still time, I would consider, my options. Um, I would consider, you know, if I wanted to bring a child to term under these circumstances, to be truthfully honest. Um, On one end, you have a new budding relationship that if you bring a child into it, there's a possibility that y'all can be together. There's a possibility that y'all can raise a child and all that kind of stuff like that. And everything will be great. Then there's another possibility that that won't be the case. Um, because of the situation and because, you know, some dudes run away when babies come around. Um, and then with the ex, because you gave us some more information, right? Like the ex, she doesn't want anything to do with the ex and all this other kind of stuff like that. 
Um, that's another thing too. Like would I want to bring a child to term with someone I want no dealings with? Um, and I know abortion is such a huge, huge topic that I can't even fathom because that ain't even within what my body can do. Right. So I don't know the emotion behind that. I don't know the physicalities. Um, I only read about what, what I know to be true about this subject. Um, and people's truths are their own truths. And so I don't know. Um, that is something that I would consider as well. Um, I would also consider talking to a family therapist. Um, I think there are some family therapists out there who, you know, do like emergency counseling and things of, like, of that nature. And while this isn't like one of those huge emergencies, um, it can be considered an emergency on your part, especially with regards to family planning. Um, Casa Permanente has, emerg has emergency therapists um, for people who are looking to get abortions, right? Like to weigh your options out and what you do, um, you can talk to someone and do some family planning. Like, well, here's this pathway. Here's that pathway. Would I do it this and all that kind of stuff like that? I would honestly talk to a professional about um, the, this, this particular situation and personally weigh some options for sure. Yeah. One of the things I actually, I just tried to research as well. Um, I could have did it before. It's if you can get a the a prenatal DNA test. Oh, you can, right? Yeah, right. So, and you can. So, I would say that's that'll be an option. That's an option. So, so you really know, you really know, like what cards you're holding. Yeah, right. And then, based on that option, like then you make your decision. Now, it's it's you know, it's money, it's costly. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. But that's an option as well. If you really want to truly be sure, and then that makes, you know, Jarrell's advice a lot, like now you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. And if it's the X and you don't want any part of that X, then that makes that more of a viable option where you can be like, right. like cool, right? Or if, if you want to thug it out and be a single mom and, and raise your kid as well, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, but I think- I'm you, that need to kind of weigh all your options, but at the end of the day, you have to at least express it to the one you want. You see something growing with, like yeah. your new relationship. Like you see that's growing. And because it, this is a question that is weighing on you heavy, that means you want to continue to build and you can't build a foundation on lies, right? You can't or on secrets. Um, so you have to, you have to open up and just roll the dice and see what happens on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was the ask the fool, man. So good luck, homegirl. Um, I yeah, I I don't know, I don't know, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You got you got to educate the foolish. Uh, I don't even know if anything can <laughs> uh, can, can can top that. Oh my gosh. Um, hey, we can cut it. We can also cut it. We, I have. We have gotten positive feedback on short episodes. Yeah, I, I think we're good there. I think we're good there. Um, and we can save Monique and DL Hughley oh, yeah. shenanigans for another time. Yeah, I forgot. Or oh, we can do that as educated or foolish. That that is educated or foolish, I right? Think. 
What the hell do you think about Monique and Leo Hughley in this particular situation? Do you think Monique was right? Do you think she was wrong? I'm tired is what I'll say. I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's so much there, right? Where I say where I felt like she was most wrong in the situation, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Most people paid for a show for you to perform, and you decided to still go on stage. So instead of spending your time talking about a contract dispute, you probably should have slipped on the show for the paying guests, right? Like you stepped out on that stage. For me, I'm like, yo, there's other places to air your grievances. Not on my dollar, like not me sitting here in your whole set, you're airing your grievances out, right? True. Um, For me, that's where I felt like, yo, I get emotions, and that's why I don't act off of emotions, right? Like, I don't. But, you know, what was the other alternative, I guess? Not performing at all. What's, what looks worse, right? Yeah, that's not worse. At all, or, or getting on stage and just, you know, selling and having your dispute on contracts. So that was one I felt was kind of foolish. The second one was foolish is not checking your contract thoroughly and just signing things off. Um, now I don't know who contract is right or wrong, but what I do know is the contract that Monique produced, it's <clears> her <throat> husband's name at the time. Like it's their media company. Now, I don't I don't know if I'm the other hugely, if I'm if I am if it's my company, I don't know why I would sign a contract with another company's header on top of it when I'm the one setting up this contract and this is the deal that I'm producing. But all in all, I think it's it's unfortunate that Monique finds herself in these situations all the time. All the time. Yeah. And it kind of makes like and it makes it hard for me to be like, oh, she's just a victim of uncertainty of unfortunate circumstances. Like I play the odds. And if you're always that odd person out in these situations, it has to be something not right in your atmosphere. That is causing this energy. So that's all I got. Y'all know me. I'm a I'm an adamant and staunch defender of Monique. Um, I I I defend her when she, I believe she's correct, and I'm big enough to admonish her when she's wrong and 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 show her when she's wrong. And I do believe in this particular situation, she is very wrong. Um, for what not only what she said, but also for how she came at the LGBT community as well. When her first joke about DL Hughley was, Your name is DL, what the fuck does that mean? Like, come on, y'all. The gay jokes, really? In 2022? Is that is that still funny? Is that still funny? In the age of Hoochie Daddy pants, shorts, is that still funny? I don't get it. And so I'm like, Monique, come on, girl. This this is out of order. Mm-hmm. This is not okay. Yeah. Fix that. Yeah. Fix that. So <clears throat> foolish. Very it's, foolish. It's all foolish. It's, it's very foolish. And on that note, we're going <laughs> to end the episode there. Yep. Uh, for one half of the Educated Food Podcast, this is Dr. J. And I'm Jerome. Peace, everybody. And we out.